0: Work with a mentor, find somebody who you can learn from, ask those questions, not be afraid to ask. Um, I think that's been huge for me. I've reached out to so many people and just asked for help.
1: Welcome to the episode of the Profitable Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Wella, and today I'm talking to Karen Jordan from HBR Rentals. Karen, thanks for being here. Thank you. Excited to jam with you today. I want to hear a little bit about your background, the business, your vision. One of the things that was interesting to me about having this conversation is you have a really clear vision. And I find most of life and business in general is finding and committing to a vision that is so compelling that you're willing to say no to everything that doesn't align to that vision. So why don't we start there? Karen, tell me a little bit about your vision for what property management could mean and become for you.
0: I think for me, it has been very uh, an amazing journey um, uh, through property management and learning and growing and seeing the opportunity that this career has given to not only myself, but my family. I, um, learned very, very tough lesson, um, about 13 years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And so that was, I was the healthiest I was ever in my life, no family history. So it was a little bit of a shock, shook my foundation, shook my core, but, um, put me in a place where I appreciated every day, Mm. the gratitude. It became the most important thing because again never expected that news to hit my family so it taught me a lot about life and making the right choices that are going to be in alignment with what makes me happy and what is important so I've learned to say no very easily now because it's not important or it's not going to um, help me reach those goals Help my family. And it it was not easy. It was not an easy uh, journey to take. But I think because of that lesson, because of what I had to go through with my health, it made me aware of how important it was to kind of have those visions and be aligned to that.
1: So you were in the business when you went through that. I was. And how, tell us more. How did that go down? How did you manage um, through it?
0: I am very i'm that person who doesn't want to look at anything that's negative i don't focus on the negative so um it was very clear in the beginning that i was going to continue to work i was going to continue to keep my normal schedule to me it was very important to have that routine and i i understood my body could only do so much so i kind of adjusted my hours a little bit and uh, i would carry on as normal but at three o'clock I was asleep. Mm-hmm. Like my body was like, okay, you need a nap, um, but I carried on normal. Did been back to the gym as soon as I could, and I made it a point to my family and to my to my friends that we were not going to talk about this. We we're going to move on as normal. We we're going to focus on health, and we were going to focus on being good. So we carried on, and yeah, there was changes and a little bit of. Adjustments that I had to be made, and I needed to depend on a little bit more mm. on my on my on my, te- on my team. But we did it.
1: So you had belief all the way through it, right from the outset. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. That was my only. That was the only thing I was going to do. Mm. There was no choice. Um, and it was funny because I I was very firm about that with everybody, and so there was no no pity parties, no crying or me mm. allowed. Mm. Um, so I know that was not easy for people who are around you, who love you. But they did, they carried on, and they uh, they were my biggest cheerleaders and really kind of forced me to make it through.
1: So tell me how that impacted your vision for your work post on the backside of that, having gone through that. How did that change or shift your relationship with the business?
0: Absolutely, because then I knew how precious and how short time could be. Mm -hmm. So I... You, we, we're surrounded by amazing mentors here in NARPM that I've learned from, and they've been doing this for years. And they're always so enthusiastic about sharing their journeys and their struggles and their mistakes and how they can do better. So I really just took some of that and said, OK, how could I learn from that and do it my way and, I guess, faster? Because I don't want to be 60 still working. I don't want to still be here doing this when I'm older. Mm-hmm. I want to enjoy the things that I can while I'm healthy, sure. while I'm young. So um, I started really kind of thinking about what that vision would be like. My kids are grown, so I can have the flexibility to do that. And my husband and I are in a place where we we can kind of make our rules and and make our, our path and so I started kind of figure out what where is that path going to lead us to? Mm-hmm. What what is that? What would our day look like if I could pick the perfect day? And it always falls at the beach, somewhere warm. Um, somewhere-
1: what what beach? Tell me what beach? What's was in your
0: mind's eye? Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. It's a, a little town in Mexico called Bucerías. Mm-hmm. Uh and I loved this place because it is very non-touristy. Mm-hmm it's a very small um mexican town with a lot of still a lot of their culture and a lot of tradition um they have a tradition of saying that it is um family food fun work mm. that is literally their priority and i thought yes that is that those are exactly mm. my priorities so um I started to figure out how can we do that? How can, how can we start making it that our goal to, mm-hmm. to be able to have, obviously I have a team. I, 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 really value that I've given opportunities. So I have to remember I have people that are relying on me. I can't just take off. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I take care of them, that they are, you know, able to still run without me. Um, but allows me to kind of have that flexibility
1: so your vision wasn't related to an exit your vision is related to having the business and running the business but being able to just do it on your own terms Mm -hmm. which is interesting that's definitely different a lot of folks get burned out and they start looking for the exits and figuring how do i get this thing off my back how do i get out of here but you're looking for a really calm even smooth consistent running of it just day to day Tell me more about what you've found are the requirements in order to get there. What wins, what gains have you made that have advanced you towards the vision? What setbacks have you had? I think this is attractive to a lot of people listening. Tell us more about that journey.
0: Wins, I would say absolutely. I think the technology um, has really improved over the years that allow us to do this from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So technology has been a huge, huge part of it. Um, COVID pushed a lot of that forward much faster than I probably had had planned for. Uh, We no longer have a brick and mortar building because it's not needed. Mm -hmm. We've learned that we didn't need that. Um, So working remotely was kind of forced on us during COVID in California. We were completely shelter in place, shut down. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of we had to do that. So learning to to work with what we needed to where we needed to was important but that was an eye-opener because why would i be sitting in a building where i could be sitting in a building on a beach
1: mm-hmm.
0: same thing um there was the uh processes that we've learned that really we were doing the hard way
1: we were just- tell, tell me about the hard way
0: Really? Yeah. Lease renewals. Okay. I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed when I showed somebody my lease renewal process. It was literally a yellow notepad.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: I would pull a report from at I would then go, okay, did I send them a non-renewal notice? Did I send them? It was embarrassing. And so...
1: because a handmade operation. Handmade. Boutique.
0: Ridiculous. Um, So, but again, I learned, right? I mean, you learn and you go, okay, that's not... That's not gonna happen. Why is it all gonna be me? I I, I would literally still have to be here doing that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So how could I improve that process? How could I do something that would not require me to be here? Mm -hmm. So learning technology systems and processes that could really kind of narrow that and make it a smooth process Mm -hmm. um, was important. So those are big wins for me. So I said, those are the biggest wins. Um, Hiring remote team members. That wasn't a thing we did before everybody was in the office i had a staff and mm-hmm. um now i have them all over the world mm-hmm. and they're amazing and they support and they're involved and they want to help and they know my vision they, they kn- know
1: they know your vision they
0: know my vision
1: oh that's that's helpful really helpful when everybody knows the They
0: no know. so they all, they all kind of jump in and they're like, yep, we can do this. And they understand that if I'm in Mexico for the week, we're going to do Zoom calls and I'm not going to be, you know, meeting anybody. Don't make, make any appointments for me because I'm not going to be able to meet anybody. Mm-hmm. So we all work together on that. So that's been huge wins, mm. huge wins. Um, still learning. There's still some things I, I haven't quite figured out how to do remotely, but um, But we're working on that, and I think we're getting closer. I I would say I'm definitely much closer than I was three years ago.
1: Well, you say closer, and that's a relative reference to a specific destination. And that's what I see here is you have a vision that was driving this conversation. You don't have a vision. You don't know what you're working towards. You're not going to make a specific advancement in any one direction. Some people have stories that would contradict the two shares that you just had. One was about technology. One was around the people. And uh, the RTMs, global talent, et cetera. Let's press into some of those stories. Maybe starting with the talent. The talent, the, the conversation might be, I can't do that. Can, can you trust them? How do you know what they're doing day to day? I can't do that. Wouldn't work for me. Works for you, Karen. Wouldn't work for me. Tell, what would you say to somebody that, that that's their, their story?
0: And I think that's natural, right? We think we could do everything and only we could do it. Mm-hmm. It can only be done my way. Um, I think it's very natural. And I think um, in certain personalities, it's much harder to give that up. I'm that person. I'm the, I need to do it. And I'm almost the mama bear too. Oh, let me just do it. I I, I got this. I'll I'll take that call. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll send that email. And it was a huge thing of trusting that I don't need to do everything and that they could do it. And they're going to make mistakes. And they are mistakes. And we learn. And we go, okay, how could we do that differently now if that's um, a mistake we made? We learn. But it was a huge, that they can, that I can trust that they could do it. And for me, when I told them that, when I said, I am stepping away, I'm going to let you handle the, the onboarding calls. I'm going to let you handle the calls for the owners. You handle the owners for the residents. I am stepping away. They appreciated it. They said thank you thank you for trusting us
1: Mm, this stepped up
0: they appreciated it and i was nervous because i was like what if they're not ready what if they can't handle it Mm -hmm. and um they just say okay they don't know the answer let me get back to you on that and Mm -hmm. then they'll ask me Mm -hmm. but i'm behind the scenes i'm behind the scenes kind of supporting them
1: so i heard some interesting shares there i heard talking to owners is that correct Mm -hmm. so that's a threshold right there's thresholds of what people are clear they can delegate you know you start off with something like uh sign running right most people are like well yeah obviously i could find something to do that and then with the rtms maybe it's it's handling more tenant related calls. first it's doing admin work and then it's talking to tenants talking to owners that's a high bar that's a real material bright line where there's a lot of trust going on there how did you coach or train and what was that like to get over up over that specific threshold
0: i um had um I had my team shadow me, listen to every phone call I make, onboarding every owner. They would listen to the calls. What were the what were the main questions they would ask? How would I answer the questions? Constantly shadowing, 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 until I I let I let them take over. And it, I also would make that um, soft introduction at that point. Mm-hmm. Not knowing that they're shadowing me, but more the owner was like, "Oh, and here's my assistant who's going to be helping you going forward. Mm-hmm. She's joining us on this call today as we meet. Just kind of making a soft introduction. But for for them, it was just listening, listening in the background, like we would in an office, right? Mm-hmm. you're sitting next to somebody, you're mm-hmm. just listening to the conversation. They learned and to how how do you say something? How do you respond to this? How how do you politely say no? We don't do that. That's not our policy.
1: Mm-hmm. So the intro and that you made was the framing of an assistant. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, there was, so it was less of a trust leave. It's like, you're still here. They're still having re- the relationship with you. But this person is more just kind of stepping in to assist you.
0: Oh, yeah. Let me correct that. She's the director of owner operations.
1: Got it. Okay. That's the, and where is she based?
0: She's in Mexico.
1: Got it. Okay. So, yeah. so there's a, a substantive title mm-hmm. behind it.
0: To give them to give them that knowledge that or that comfort to the owner that, I'm handing you off to somebody who is experienced and knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be. And I always I'm, I'm here. I'm here, of course, if you need me. But she's going to be your main point of contact going forward.
1: Mm. How long was she with you before you made that transition? Two years. Mm. Two years. This is a high bar. It's interesting to me because I feel like that the global talent RPM conversation in some ways is past obvious. Yeah, right now, what I would say is that if somebody doesn't believe that's possible, it's really clearly on them. It's so obvious to the market. This is being done in so many places. But the high bar and the bleeding edge is how high in the organization are folks promoting and elevating that talent. And having somebody act in a PM capacity, that's still kind of bleeding edge. I wouldn't say that that's widespread. Have you ta- How many folks have you talked to that have somebody acting in that capacity? Not a lot. Not a lot, yeah. Not a lot it's bleeding edge though. It's, I think it's the future of where things mm-hmm. are headed. And I I just don't see any fundamental intrinsic reason why that can't no. be done and yet people have concerns. Security. Let's start there. Security, data, privacy. What are they going to do, you know, if they're not here and something happens, what do I do? How would you walk through so- somebody through those concerns?
0: I think it would be the same if I had somebody sitting next to me at my desk at home in California. Are they going to Copied. I- I- ID, and which
1: is to say trust, but verify, trust, yeah. have control yeah, in place. Same,
0: this, I mean, it's the same thing for a remote team member. Uh, there's certain things that only go through me. I- I'm only the one allowed to, you know, send out funds or mm-hmm. wires to both vendors and owners and mm-hmm. any monies I have to uh, mm-hmm. verify. Have we have like layers of, of audits before things go out. Mm-hmm. So we do. And they understand that we're all going to see it. It's very transparent to the entire team.
1: Mm hmm.
0: So trust is huge, but I've never put that, um, I guess, fear in them that I'm, I'm going to check. I'm going to be watching you. I don't do that.
1: So that's a great segue to what you first led with, which was the processes and the systems. One of my observations is that a lot of folks are in a place where they can follow up with the team member to ask if something was or was not done. But that's about as much scrutiny or oversight as many folks are able to apply because if you're using paper checklists, et cetera, when are they are they going to go look up the piece of paper and take a photo of it and send it to you, whereas if things are online, there's just inherently more documentation, more clarity. Tell me about what that process was look like. How much effort did you have to put in, and what's the yield that made the juice worth the squeeze?
0: So absolutely, the processes was the first thing. We kind of sat down. We used a giant um, uh, whiteboard paper because we're doing it remotely and we just all just started jotting down processes and writing them down and figure out who does what and we did it with color-coded um uh, post-it notes Mm -hmm. so everybody had a Mm -hmm. color so this person's task and we just started writing things down and kind of going through that process so that when we had them put into our systems that they were there they were already there Mm and we could kind of tweak them so if i do have to go check on something i can just go right into the system and say okay well Blue is Karen's task, Mm -hmm. pink is so-and-so's task. Not that they're color-coded, but I I know who those tasks belong to and they're getting done.
1: So the, the workshopping that you did, what's interesting to me about that is that that really is entirely separate from the system that you put it in. Your ability to understand and conceptualize your processes should be distinct from the technology that you're using to execute them. And when you separate the two, It's really helpful because you can just think on the level of the process and the flow, its implications, how it intersects with your policies as well. Policy sits above processes. Uh, A great process can't fix a bad policy. A great set of policies can remove, that the benefit from those will flow through even with bad processes. How much effort did it take just for you to get clear on what you pro- what you wanted your processes to look like before you actually inserted them in a piece of technology?
0: Took us a while. Took us took us a while. We actually um, set up a, a, a recurring meeting. It was like we called it the process meeting, mm-hmm. where we would that's all we would focus on mm. and talk about, and we would pick one process kind of just to focus on that one. Um, but it took us a long time, and those post its kept moving. And those post-its kept getting changed with the colors mm-hmm. because we could figure out who would be better doing that process. So it took us a little bit before we really kind of implemented them or made them policy. That's what we're doing. This is how we're moving forward. Um, tiny, I would say, took us maybe six months.
1: Just to get the processes nailed down. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks want to use the technology and just take their processes as they are and just stuff them in the technology without using that transition as a moment to really th- rethink and reimagine that six months. Wow. Oh, that's some serious forethought.
0: You took this. Yeah. I mean, we learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And we kind of took those mistakes and said, how do we do it better? I think that's really how I make my processes when I make a mistake
1: you just we, tweak the process. We tweak make that tweaking.
0: process better. Yeah. How do we avoid that again? How do we communicate better? How could we make sure that the owners were aware of where we are in the process? Got it. So all of that is just learning from mistakes.
1: So did you go, that conceptualization that you did, did you do that before or after you picked a specific technology to use? Before. before. Man, this is a lot of forethought. This is great. This is a little masterclass here. Okay. So then- you pick a, a vendor, surprise, was Lead Simple, <laughs> which is awesome. And then tell me about that. Once you're really clear on what it is, on, what, on how they should work, what did the actual onboarding and implementation look like?
0: So, I didn't do it. I handed it to my team. <laughs> you because team. I said, I don't want to be the one getting in the middle. You, it,
1: you are all doing this work. And you'd already made the investment at that process level. Mm-hmm.
0: They actually took the sales call i had them go through the demo and i asked them is this something you were to here i said oh well, they're going to be the ones doing it yeah, I they, i they, wanted they. i wanted them to say yes course, we love it or of course no we hate it right and so they loved it they're like this is easy oh my god this is going to make our job so much better i was like cool then you're going to do the onboarding too and they worked with the onboarding and tweaked it to what worked for them mm-hmm. you know based on all the stuff that we had already talked about but they're the ones who really kind of took it on and I've, i I was just kind of there to support them.
1: And how long did that process take before it was that live running?
0: That didn't take very long. That actually didn't take very long because I think we had our processes.
1: Yeah, because you already then, done all this pre-work.
0: Yeah, and then we added a little bit of the stuff that Lee Simple had to kind of you already had as as templates, and we used some of that and kind of merged them together. Um, but again, they're ever-changing. They're mm-hmm. ever-changing. Um, but that didn't take very long. Uh. 12 weeks. 12 weeks, okay. It was a 12-week process, yeah.
1: And so what's the upside be on the backside of that for somebody that's thinking, I already know how to do my job, Karen. Like, I'm really good at it. I've been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years. What's the point of me putting it in software?
0: Yes, I could do that from the beach.
1: Uh, From the beach, that's... I don't have to be... It all goes back to the... I
0: mean, it always goes back to how can I do this and allow me to still enjoy my day? enjoy and not be tied to an office or a desk for eight hours or 12 hours
1: so it was already working the way you were doing it you know it was already working on the level of delivering the quality of service the gap for you is around the quality of life outcome for yourself and this is what that enabled
0: exactly got it mm-hmm. yeah and it was i mean if you go back to our onboarding call that was literally how what the sales team said why why do you want to implement i was like because I need to get to the beach mm-hmm. and I need systems and I need automation to help me do that. Um, and I just didn't have a good system at that time that would allow me to do that. And I think we make excuses. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll do it next month. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, we tomorrow could not be here. So mm-hmm. we have to do this. Like, let's, done, let's go. Mm-hmm. So um, we did our first trial run and my husband and I did our first trial run in December. We spent 20, 20 days in Mexico. And we worked remotely. How'd it go? Easy as pie. Mm. Easy. The team loved it. I was on their time zone, so it was easier too. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I was extremely nervous. Like, extremely nervous. I have a little bit of OCD, so I want to just make sure things don't fall apart. right. And they didn't. (laughs) And they didn't. And so I was pleasantly surprised. Um, so then they just set it up for when's the next time? Mm-hmm. Can I go a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. Can I do this from somewhere else? Mm. Um, so it just kind of opened up a whole new road for me.
1: So talk to me about boots on the ground. who still who who still needs to be there?
0: So a little bit of my family, dynamics of my family, it is myself, um, and I have a partner. and but he he's really there for support. Boots on the ground, I have myself, my husband, works with me and then i have my oldest who works um uh in in town with me my youngest it works remotely because he's going to school in la but he still works for me so we got them all working um but who's on the ground it's still the jordans Mm. i guess you would say
1: Mm. family operation the
0: family yeah
1: one of the things that i enjoy about working with global talent is being able to touch and reach and impact lives and cultures that i never would have had the experience of getting reps in, in terms of just life experience, that's really rewarding and meaningful to me. And I make up, I can't know a certainty, but I make up that I'm able to provide even more opportunity. And the width of like the delta between starting point and ending point, that's your impact, somebody comes to work for you, how much can they grow and can they learn? I make up that the size of the impact with my global team, Is even bigger, and that's really fulfilling and really rewarding to me. Talk to me about just like the cultural vibe of working with with remote teams.
0: So our family, um, we get very much educated from our younger siblings or children who teach us about the importance of labor Mm -hmm. and treating people well and paying well. I guess that's not the normal culture in our in our country. Um, So we absolutely take pride in making sure that we're taking care of our team i don't pay the average i pay a little bit more Mm -hmm. than the average um and they absolutely appreciate that Uh and because i am also from el salvador i was born in el salvador Mm. came to this country when i was very very small um but i know what that culture and what how hard it is Mm -hmm. so i I love that we are able to support and help their families, and I can see their kind of growth. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the return, they they appreciate it so much that they will just go above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, we have unlimited PTO for my team, mm. so that's a huge thing for them. They don't take it.
1: That's yeah, that's a little controversial.
0: They don't take it.
1: policy. I'm sure some folks would be worried that nobody would ever be in the office. Or your experiences?
0: <laughs> I have to force them. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I wanted I want them to understand that there's balance. Just like as important to me, it is right mm-hmm. to have that balance and have time off and have, enjoy the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. It's the same for them. Mm. So I make them take time off. I make them enjoy their family, and they get paid while they do and They don't have to worry about coming back and you know, I'm mean to make up hours or anything of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also cross trained so that when they do leave, they don't come back to. 400 emails when they come back because someone's helping them while they're gone hmm. so a lot of cross-training happens where we could kind of all support each other while we're gone
1: so what's the future what stands what, what's the pieces that are left that you're still working through and working on to get you all the way to the vision I'm glad I got you now so that you're not on the beach you know I'm glad I got this interview at now I
0: Can you do a zoom from the beach
1: yeah what are the pieces you're still you're still working on and working through in the business
0: Um, In the business, I think it's still trying to figure out the boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. How could I still continue to have that and and, and support um, and continue to keep that level of service Mm -hmm. Um, with that? um, So that's still trying to figure that out. And and I think we're there. I think we're almost there, but not quite. And then I would say myself, I still have a little bit of fear, a little fear Mm -hmm. um, of making that jump. Mm -hmm. But... I don't think it's going to be permanent. I, mean, I don't see myself permanently leaving, but if I'm gone for an extended time, how, how does that really look? That's still a little bit of a fear. Oh,
1: how does it look? How does it look? Oh, the optics. The
0: optics. Like, like I'm gone.
1: Like, that, I'm, I'm okay, leaving. so even if you could and you have all the functionality worked out, just the optics, I mean, but would people know? Who's going to know?
0: Who's going to know? <laughs> Who's going to know, Karen? I know.
1: <laughs> I just don't post, don't post about it on Facebook. True, <laughs>
0: true. Well, yeah. But yeah, I think there's still a little fear in me of um just doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Getting right up to the to the ledge to jump off and achieve the vision and yeah, at that gut check. That's relatable. I can understand that. So when I think about you, I think about somebody that's involved in the NARPM community and is in a lot of conversations and doing and receiving um mentorship as you think about like your journey of growing up in the business who have some of the, been the biggest influences for you
0: um i have a lot tell me. there's amazing people in this organization but i will tell you that melissa prandy was the first person because i went to my first narpum event was cal narpum mm-hmm. and uh she was there and i met her her staff and absolutely I'm, i have no idea what i'm asking i don't even know what management fees are like I like literally green and they're like here here's our marketing material mm-hmm. here's how we onboard owners here's just willingly helpful that so I would say Melissa's a, been a huge part of, mm-hmm. of my growth mm-hmm. and learning and continues to be mm-hmm. so it continues to be but um and now I give back now I'm on the board for Cal and I want to help which what I got when I first joined so I think it's super super crucial
1: yeah, it's unusual in my experience the level of openness and transparency Amazing. that there is. And it makes people really want to come back and stay invested. Mm-hmm. Where do you sit with the, all, all the other ancillary units that can be on this business? Bro- brokerage, for example, is that completely separate from HBR?
0: It is. It is. um So we do have a sales division mm-hmm. department. um We do make, I always say we get most of our owners sell with us and pe- keep it within our house, but I am completely separate. Um, so I don't handle any of that. So that would be Ron and the sales side.
1: And you and Ron have been partnered from day one? Day one. Tell me a little bit about the partnership dynamic. People have strong feelings about partnerships for, against, I've started a number. It's been an interesting journey. I've got a lot of gratitude overall. Tell me a little bit about your partnership dynamic.
0: So Ron and I met when I first came into real estate. So I came to work with, with uh, their brokerage and then the market crashed. Fun. So uh, it was challenging and trying to figure out where do I go from here? And at that point, we uh, started doing uh, REOs. And in REOs, we learned how to f- get homes ready, fix them up, get them, put them back on market. And then we were working with a lot of investors. So it was just a very natural way to say, hey, investor, we can help manage your property. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the the, the route that we we, we went and uh, Ron has been not only a mentor, but is our, our families are, are like, we're family. Mm. So um, always, always supporting. And I think the friendship is the biggest part mm-hmm. of, of, of how we work together. Um, there's just friendship. Mm. And constant, constant support. Ron, if you've ever talked to him, is going to be that person who is going to ask you those questions that you never even thought you needed to know. But they're good. They push me. They push me to grow and and, and do better.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. When I think about partnerships, I think about essence over form. Essence is, do I vibe with this person? Do we care about the same sets of problems? Do we have the same um, principles and, and values? Form is, well, a deal could look like this. A partnership could look like that. All that stuff is interesting. It doesn't really matter if the essence isn't right. And the friendship thing that really resonates with me. I want more connection and um, just joy in all of my relationships and partnerships will really, really test you. So if the baseline isn't good, if the baseline is just a transactional exchange of goods and services, it makes it really hard to weather through the lower moments
0: yeah. our kids at one point thought they were related
1: cousins oh yeah second cousins so,
0: my cousins yeah that's how close we are. so it's 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 amazing friendship.
1: Yeah. I love that. If you could give one piece of advice to a newer operator, somebody that hasn't been around the circuit, they don't know all the defaults, all of the best practices. What's the one piece of advice that you think would be really most helpful to hear?
0: The one piece of advice, oh gosh, so many. I would say work with a mentor. Find somebody who you can learn from ask those questions, not be afraid to ask. Um, I think that's been huge for me. I've reached out to so many people and just ask for help. And not be afraid because mm. I think people get shy, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're not going to want to help me or they maybe they don't want to. Mm-hmm. That's mine. I don't want it. But that's not that's mm-hmm. not this community. Mm. So I would say don't be afraid to ask for help.
1: What's the inverse of that? What's the one thing you would encourage people to avoid or not do?
0: Balance. Balance. There's there's balance there. You can't be all in. You can't just be work, 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 work all day. There's have to be balance. Mm-hmm. That's important. And I think it's hard. I think some, um, I've met a lot of people who just don't, they haven't found that and they're burning out very, very quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. What are some examples of like boundaries to sensible boundaries to draw uh, in this business in particular?
0: Office hours having office hours i'm not taking calls at eight o'clock at night i'm not taking calls on the weekends that's my family time so have those boundaries it's important because if not they're just gonna run you why aren't you answering the call i text mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. it's midnight
1: mm-hmm.
0: why are you asleep no there's boundaries
1: that's an example of policy by the way you can just it, it's made up right mm-hmm. the policy is i'm not gonna return your call after such and such an hour and for some folks, it's just hard to draw boundaries at all, which kind of follows you both personally and professionally. How do you approach that conversation with owners in terms of setting expectations for response time, et cetera? If they want to call back at, at 9 p.m., what do you say?
0: It's the first thing we talk about when we first first meet.
1: Mm-hmm. Set, expectations set expectations at the expectations
0: outset. Right in the beginning, yeah. Um, and and I, I, I learned that when you set those expectations, and yes, you may have to remind them, hey, I was at lunch. That's why I didn't call you back just reminding them don't forget that we do take a lunch break and that's we're not going to take calls during that time um just reminding them but setting those expectations right from the beginning mm-hmm. so that they're not expecting that and they, they'll get disappointed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i it with you letting them down i you know they know right right from the beginning
1: And what's your counsel to somebody that's early in the business and they're really tempted by that big difficult client that client that's just pretty obvious that they're gonna be difficult, but they've got 10 doors, 20 doors, whatever the story is, et cetera. Have you been down that path and do you have any advice or feedback?
0: Absolutely, I think we all start with, we'll just take anything, we'll say yes, we say yes. But it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no because the person who values you and understands what your worth is, and that's the one you wanna work with. Mm. The one that you already know is going to be calling you at midnight and expecting you to return calls within 10 minutes that's not who you want to work with. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be hard to say no if you're new because it's you want to say yes, mm-hmm. but you've got to set yourself up for the good stuff that's coming.
1: When, what's the highest and best value that you're trying to provide for your clients? If it wasn't something transactional, if it wasn't just collecting run, rent, sign running, the basics, what's what? what do you need to be on the same page with your clients in terms of why they're coming to you that's maybe different or distinct from what they can get from the low price guy down the street? Knowledge. Expertise.
0: Expertise. I mean, I don't know that a lot of people invest in continuing to learn and staying on top of legislation. We're in California. It's constantly changing, and they don't know the laws, and they don't know the rules, and that's where I can show the value of protecting them because it takes $1 comment one look in California to get in trouble Mm -hmm. and they don't know that Mm -hmm. so coming and explaining to them that I have that knowledge and I have that expertise
1: the trusted advisor
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely I think is is definitely sets me apart
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that it's really important to get clear on the mutual agreement that you need with your customers it's easy to get put in that commodity box and you feel it as soon as you get on the phone call Mm -hmm. Cause what do they want to know about just price what do you charge how much how much how much and that ain't it man if that's the only basis in on which we're going to have this conversation it's probably not going to go to a fulfilling place long term no nope.
0: and i've said that i've said no nope, we're just not a good fit <laughs> that's my favorite thing mm-hmm. it's just not gonna be good yeah mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can tell right away I'm like yeah that's not the one
1: mm-hmm. yeah i love that karen i really appreciate you coming on i appreciate the energy that you bring to every room that you enter and the depth that you add to this industry. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Jordan here asking you, what do you got? What is a question you want to ask me? Can you stump me? Can you throw me something hard, perplexing, vexing, something you feel tied up in knots with? Throw it at me.